What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Hani Rambod. I'm here with my co-host, Dave, and we are going to do Q&A. Q&A. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So for all of those that have been supporting this podcast and been sharing this, thank you so much. It really helps the algorithm. So again, before you do anything here, if you like the podcast, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe, and make sure you're sharing because it really helps us get the information out there. We get a broader amount of questions. We get more people to be able to watch it, which therefore makes us want to do more of these. So, um, especially during the Olympia prep, which is very, very difficult. Um, you're a busy man. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had all three athletes here this last week. So yep, yep. we had Hottie, we had Andre and we even had my newest athlete, Derek Lunsford. And, um, so it's been crazy, but I am taking the time out for you guys. So again, Make sure you smash that like and subscribe button and uh, let's go on to the races. How are you doing, brother? You good? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You're there with your five friends, the Power Rangers. <laughs> You've always yep. got some new stuff going on over there, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> keeping them guessing, man. Keeping them guessing. One minute's, Wakan the one minute's Wakanda, then it's like, <laughs> then it's Iron Man. <laughs> Old school Batman and here we are. That's right. 90s, about flashback to the 90s. Old there you school go. Power Rangers. So what is what are the questions here? Because we had um, a boatload, which is great, guys. I really appreciate you guys are posting the questions on my IG. You guys are posting questions on YouTube. We're grabbing things from all over for this one today. Yep. Um, so let's go ahead and let's get this party started. All right. Perfect. The first one's from uh, uh, BBB. We'll just call it that. That's the first question. How much protein do you recommend for intermediate lifters? One to two years in lifting. If I'm recovering well, should I assume that my suitable that is my suitable protein intake? Yes. Yes. This is a good question. Yeah. If you're recovering, that's the number one thing that you can tell whether or not you're getting suitable intake. Normally, you're getting at least one gram of protein per pound of lean body weight. When you're trying to build or if you're doing a calorie deficit, then obviously it goes up um, as high as 1.5. Seldomly will we go higher than that, but there are instances sometimes where we have, especially with professional bodybuilders. But for the most part, one to one and a half grams is what we're shooting for of lean body weight. Now, if you are super heavy and you have a high amount of body fat, let's say 35 plus percent, then obviously we're not going off of just your body weight. So you could be 350 yep. pounds. We're not going to be doing 500, 600 grams of protein. So we want to be able to use your lean body weight. So, and I always recommend it, whether you use an in body or whether you want to use just calipers, depending on what's, uh, what's accessible for you. Sometimes you have DEXA scan, you have different methods. They're all pretty accurate. Um, mm -hmm. the only time they're not accurate is when you got super, super low body fat or sometimes when you're super high, but at that point it's just like get lean or, Hey, yeah. you already look good. Just go off of the mirror. Cause it doesn't matter the difference between 5% and 7% yeah. or three and six at that point, especially if you're getting ready for a con, uh, some type of physique competition, nobody asks you to turn in your slip. This isn't the quarter mile races, you know, it's, and you got to turn in your time slip to show that you're faster than somebody else or got lower body fat. Right. What it's really about is showing how, you know, to try to maximize that muscle pop while you're trying to make sure you're getting as lean as possible. Cool. Um, number two here is, uh, from a previous Q and a, uh, the adventures of Bruce Lee, well, actually, sorry, the adventures of Bruce Lee and the boys. Um, how much is a lack of sleep hurting my bodybuilding goals? 
And how much sleep is the minimum you would recommend for decent success? I think my job sucks for bodybuilding. I'm a baker, by the way. Love your content. Lee from London. And uh, let's go hottie for the O. I, this is Bruce Lee. We had him, I think, on the last Q&A or the yeah. one before that. I remember yep. that, man. He's got yep. good questions. Um, the, the baker. So bakers, I believe, have to get up really, really early. Yeah, because they got to bake the all the goods for the for the restaurants or for the for the consumers at, at a very early time, like three o'clock in the morning or four right. o'clock in the morning, from what I've heard. Um, you know that or that's code for some other kind of baking. That <laughs> either way, um, but uh, but all in all, it really is important. Sleep is important when you get ready for contests. Between stimulants, anxiety, and all these things, everybody knows that the sleep gets interrupted. Yeah. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to break this down into two different answers, one for a competitor and then one for a non-competitor. Right. So if you're a non-competitor, if you can get seven, eight hours of sleep, that that's great. Um, that's where I like to have athletes either in the off season or athletes that are not competing at mm -hmm. minimum. Now, if you start to slip below that, you will find yourself up at night not, you know, snacking, grazing when you're not supposed to. And you're also not going to be able to get the maximum recovery. So you create a wider window to add in more calories to screw up your diet, which is a big no, no, or you actually don't get enough rest. And that's another big no, no, because you want to make sure you'll be able to maximize your recovery windows. And those are when you're sleeping. Um, so that's super important. Now on the competitive side, when you start to get ready for a show, you start adding in stimulants, you start leaning out, your, it's, your natural sleep cycle starts to get, for lack of a better term, screwed up. Yeah. And what you got to do at that point is you got to start adjusting your stimulants to go a little bit earlier in the morning, maybe not so much during the day. That's why I created all these products to be able to make sure that everyone's like, why do you have so many pre-workouts? Why do you have this? Because everything I do was designed around trying to get people to their maximum physique potential. You know, Evagen is a physique transformation brand. All of my system goes around fullness, FST7, the 3D, all of those things. So when it comes to sleep, you could look amazing. And people who are compete who have comp who have competed in the past will know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you don't get good sleep, you look like dog shit. And the bottom line is sleep, and if you really create an exponential sleep uh, deficit factor by going weeks without really good sleep and you want to know why you're not leaning out, make sure you check that box. Go, hey, am I getting enough sleep? Because if you get one night of sleep and all of a sudden you go, wow, I dried out. What happened? Well, you know what? Well, well my cortisol is better. Well, yeah. why do you think your cortisol is better? Why do you think Why do you think now all of a sudden your body body's ability to regulate your water is better? Well, because your stress is lower and you're not staying up and eating and you're not turning around and doing other things to try to make your mind feel better. Like doing processed foods or adding extra sodium and doing all those other things that your, your your brain is very addicted to. So bottom line, sleep is super important. You're going to naturally have less sleep when you're getting ready for a show. So that's when the naps kick in. And when you are a professional bodybuilder, or if you're a trainer and you can have the luxury of being able to nap during the day, you're going to get exponential gains by being able to take that nap post-workout. And the way that works is you sleep right after you take your post-workout shake, and then you do your whole food meal and then right after you wake up. And it's usually just right in that order. So you do your post-workout shake and that could either contain carbs if you're off season or if you're trying to keep the carbs low. So I would do isoject with glycoject mm -hmm. post-workout and I would turn around and be able to, and then I would 
either taper that off, getting closer to the show or cut it out, depending on how much body fat I needed in my athlete to lose. And then let them take a nap, wake up, have their, have their solid meal. How much does working overnight disrupt cortisol? Cause it goes against circadian rhythms, right? So he's it, now sleeping during the day. Yeah. So, so does so you have what's to happening, factor that in more? The absolutely. There's there, yeah. Well, yes. So you need, there's a couple things. Number one, I'm glad you mentioned that because things like YouTube screw up your rhythm. Yeah. Right. We all know you get on the computer and you start watching YouTube Blue and you're light, watching yep. and you're watching kind of probably like, you know, Monchi cheese or like whatever <laughs> Thundercats, <laughs> you know, whatever you're watching till three o'clock in the morning, you know, and it, that's not good, but yeah. everybody does their own thing. They're watching old bodybuilding videos or they're watching workout videos or they're watching whoever. And what ends up happening is the light the minute of the blue light and everything else that basically resets your, your rhythm. And what ends up happening is then it, you're off. Right. right. So that can do it. Now he has it because that's his job. So yeah. he has to kind of, you know, these, these people that have these different sleep cycles, it's all been known to really affect you in a lot of different ways and not positively. So yep. unfortunately it's part of your work. I remember having a deal with Steve Kuklo when he used to have these shifts when he was working for the fire department. Mm hmm. And we used to be like, hey, man, can you just try to sneak some sleep, <laughs> you know, and he would just try to we we're getting ready for shows, you know, he's getting ready for the USA's and uh, and he looked amazing while full time firefighter. And then he had a couple of days on with, you know, a day or two off and then he would have this the cycle and he talked a little bit about it in one of the past episodes when I had him on and we just worked around it. But it's difficult and you have to try to nap and you have to try to get those eight hours somewhere, at least seven. Now, do some people get away with doing five hour prep? Absolutely they do. But mm -hmm. would it be better if they could get an extra hour or two? Yes. Yep. So that being said, when you have a job that's paying the bills, that's going to supersede everything. But if your job is bodybuilding, which um, probably, you know, one or 2% of the people, you know, listening to this podcast is what they do for a living. But um, you're going to be able to make sure that you do whatever you can, which is take that nap, do your post-workout shake. Like I said, I have my guys do ISO with glyco and depending on kind of their body weight, usually it's about 50 grams of ISO up to 60 grams of ISO. And then they're taking about 50 grams to 75 grams of glycoject. Um, and then that's post-workout, depending on the body part that they trained, then they shut it down, take a nap, and then they do 45 minute power nap to sometimes an hour, depending on, um, you know, however, however long that they can rest. And then right when they get up, th their food is already ready to go. They heat it up and it's either in a fire fry pan or a microwave, depending on who, who, who it is, because everybody's a little bit different and then they get their meal in. There we go. Awesome. Um, next question here is from Muse. Does caffeine cause an imbalance in electrolytes? What do you recommend as a supplement to balance electrolytes? I suspect coffee is causing me to have a lot more muscle knots and tension. Yeah, so definitely, yeah, definitely stimulants, caffeine, other stimulants, fat burners, um, all those kinds of things can throw off electrolytes. Um, so what I normally do is I give the athlete a multivitamin. It happened just the other day with one of the athletes that was here. He was getting a little bit cramped up. Um, uh, it was actually hottie. I'll just mention who it is. Um, and he, he, he tends to get cramping through his abs and especially when he's starting to get closer to the show. So what do we do? We went from two evil to three to four evil a day, knocked it right out. If 
um, because the multivitamin really helps with that uh, multivitamin slash multiminerals, those minerals. Yep. And what if if it gets really severe, then do I get some extra minerals, like a mineral complex? If if it gets really severe, usually it doesn't get to that point. Uh, but for the most part, just you know, up, upping the the evovite that I do is 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 plenty. And so what we did, we did that and knocked it right out. But he was he was starting to uh, pick up some dumbbells and he was starting to cramp coming back on and off the incline branch because mm-hmm. as your core tend to fire and then he had trained abs the day before and that tends to also facilitate more muscle cramps from the workout so if anybody's had a really good arm workout on a friday then saturday all of a sudden your arms are starting to, to, to kind of like start to fire and then you're starting yeah. to get cramps when you go to flex your arm that's because of the fact of the matter is you're more likely to have that occur within 24 hours post-workout cool so Next good, qu- good multivitamin that contains a multi-mineral. And then if you end up having some additional issues, then you might have to take an extra multi-mineral on top of it. Uh, a good balanced multivitamin. How how important is salting the meals? Because I think that's one thing that's overlooked largely. I think, I think it's both ways, man. I think there's both like, again, I'm going to use this example because just this just happened last week. Um, we cut back uh, Derek's sodium because Derek's going crazy on sodium. And so I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to mention these names because again, this just happened. So I'm going to try to do this because I think it might be a little bit more useful. And guys, mm-hmm. in the comments below, let me know. Do you like me mentioning the guys, some of these guys? I would think that you would, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to assume. Go ahead and put it in the comments below. If you're listening to this on the podcast, go over to the YouTube page and make sure you're letting me know exactly what you like or don't like about this format. But all in all, the situation was that he was really doing quite a bit of sodium. And so what I did was he'd never measured it in the past with his previous coach. And I said, look, man, you, we need to figure out exactly how much sodium you're doing. And by the time we did the calculations, it was a lot, a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean, like, we're talking about like, we're up in the like six digits. Wow. Yeah. So, so that, um, was the extreme, right? Cause Hey, I want to keep my fullness, my pump. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, it was like, okay, wow, I started feeling better and my blood pressure isn't so high. So yeah. it's one of those things where, yeah, you need to have sodium to make sure that you keep everything going with a pump, especially when you're lower carbs, because your body's natural electrolytes are going to be, uh, need to be replaced at a faster rate when you're leaner and you're drinking a lot of water, you're doing a lot of cardio, it's hot, you're training, you're perspiring. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't take the extreme the other way. You can't sit there and just be like, hey, I'm going to do a couple grams of sodium per meal or yeah. whatever, you yeah. know? So that's, that's the thing. So it is important, but you can't, you can't take that stance and people are going to be like, well, how many grams do you, do you, do you recommend? Honestly, it depends on how much you sweat. Normally two and a half, three grams is fine for most people. Some people need a little bit more. Some people need a little bit less, you know? Okay. Perfect. And pink Himalayan. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's on top of the the stuff that comes from your supplements. That's not including your supplemental stuff. That's just pink Himalayan. Again, it's a little bit of a faddish thing, man. I mean, iodized <laughs> table salt. You know what I mean? There's a Persian blue Persian salt too that uh, we'll, we'll talk about at some point too. There's a there's a there's a blue Persian salt, um, but uh, yeah, the benefits of all these ones are are, are still questionable. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more mar- a little more marketing when it comes to certain types of salts, but um, yeah, it's okay. It's, 
<laughs> I, got, I just thought about four different stories of Phil Heath, um, but uh, <laughs> he would tell, tell, he would go off on stories and he would, he would do a seminar or this, that, and then you would know if he was joking because he would just go off on this tangent and then he would just like sometimes make some stuff up and he would be, that would be the funniest thing ever. And then, you know, we'd be in the lobby of somewhere and he'd be like, yeah, man, you got to get this stuff. And then you need to get this clover from this mountain in Tibet. He's like, well, is that why you look so good? He goes, that's why I look, so- I only had, you know, one call out. <laughs> Everyone's looking for the secret. That's it, man. It's that five-leaf co- clover from, from Tibet. Or the, guy, the purple flower from Batman. Yep. That's it. It's the purple flower from Batman. All right. Uh, number four is from Pranav Patil, um, underscore P. Skin health and what to do about skin health. So skin health and bodybuilding is obviously important. So yeah, you know what? I, have, I've, I had him hit me up about that on my IG stories when I was doing a Q and A on IG stories. And what had happened was I said, look, I've, it was him. And then I had three other people hit me up mm-hmm. and this is a really complicated matter. And, and when I say it's complicated, I'm, I'm sorry, I shouldn't even use that word complicated. It's just, it's, it's a multi-step yep. solution because they said, oh, you know, Andre's got good skin or, or some of these other athletes that you work with have a really good skin. And you know, how do you do that? Well, number one, you got to have a really good skincare regimen, right? A, a lot of us growing up didn't have like moms and dads that were like really big into your washing your face and and doing this. Mm-hmm. And so you got to do that though. Right. And if you're naturally prone to acne because of genetics and your sebaceous glands were really bad, my, my had bad skin, you know, growing up. And it was one of those things where, you know, I had to do Accutane, I had to do antibiotics and I had to do a lot of things. But the biggest thing that I really should have done is had a lesson in skincare. And until I really started to understand that for myself, I didn't realize that I could have circumvented using a lot of the medication because some of that stuff like Accutane will just pickle your liver. And um, now is there a proper time and place to use it? If you really have really bad cystic acne, absolutely. But if you make sure you're washing your face using, I use benzoyl peroxide. Um, some people think that's a little harsh. I, I personally, it worked really well for me because I, I still use it, uh, mm-hmm. when I have breakouts, especially with the masks we have to wear here in California, they call it mask, mask knee, you know, mm-hmm. as you know, you start mm-hmm. to get breakouts all through the beard line and everything else. And the benzoyl peroxide works really, really well. That's number one. Uh, number two, making sure you're bathing. Like some people are like, Hey man, they get tired and they don't want to come back home from the gym and, and take a shower and you have to, you got to make sure you're, you're, you're breathing and you know, twice a day, sometimes morning and at night, uh, especially on clean sheets and you have to clean your sheets. You got to clean your bed sheets. You got to clean your pillowcases on a regular basis. So those are things that are super important because what people don't realize is that once you've soiled them. That bacteria is sitting there, the dirt and the filth and everything that's sitting in there. So, so if you just screw up one time, now you got all that oil and you got all that stuff in there and then you're creating an environment for bacteria to go hog wild. So what you need to do is you need to make sure that you're going into bed clean and then we make sure you, you keep it that way. And then you make sure that you, um, change your sheets and you know, we all go to hotels and they change your sheets every day. Mm Mm-hmm. But when you go home, you don't have your maid unless it's like your mom, (laughs) you know, and even your mom's probably not going to change your pillowcase every day. Right. So changing your towel, changing your pillowcase, changing your sheets are really, really important on top of that. Now, if you have to also be a little bit more stringent than using some type of benzoyl peroxide, um, 
post shower to be able to continue keep things dry. That's it. But you got you got to assess that because it can you know overly dry your skin. So I know right. you're some some of the people out here who are listening to this podcast and they got their esthetician wives or girlfriends on, on the side are like, no, no, it's too much. No, believe me, when you're greasy, you need this. Yeah. Um, and believe me, also watching what you eat. If you're eating a lot of crap out there, you're having pizza, burgers, French fries, all of the stuff and going crazy hog wild and cheat meals, that is going to make your sebaceous glands go nuts. Hormones will make your sebaceous gland go nuts. So your you know high levels of estrogen will make that go up. So you have to control those things. So doing those different kinds of anabolic compounds can also really make that even worse. So all of these things have to be controlled to be able to really make sure you get ahead of it on your skin. So and that goes for your back, your chest, your shoulders, your your yep. face, your head, so on and so forth. So Perfect. again, take it from somebody who had to deal with this his whole life. Number five. This is my favorite one right here. Jerry Smith, 702. Is Phil Heath doing the Olympia? Oh, there we go. This is a question that so many people have been asking me. I'm going to go ahead and go. We're, we're less than three weeks out. And the reason why people are asking me this is they saw Hottie with me. They saw Derek with me. They saw Andre with me. And they said, where's Phil? How come he's not with you? We, you haven't posted about him. You haven't talked about him. Let me get this wide and clear for everybody out there. Phil Heath, seven-time Mr. Olympia, is not doing the 2021 Mr. Olympia. And um, the bottom line is that he's not doing the Olympia because he doesn't need to. Um, he's going to go into more details about what other things he's working on and everything else. But right now, um, bottom line is just, he's not doing the show. And, um, he, you know, for those of you that were like, oh, he's doing it. Did he pull out? No, he didn't pull out. He didn't, he was never planning on doing the Olympia this year. So, um, now could he do the Olympia? I mean, Phil is very dangerous. If he decides oh, yeah. to do something, <laughs> believe me right Landscape now I, changes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, <clears throat> so it's one of those things that he could definitely do, uh, any show he's a threat to any show he does yeah. but right now absolutely he is not doing the 2021 olympia so i don't know how to make that any clearer so there it is there it There's is answer um number six from wonder bikini how to join your online training okay so the new honey rambot site is up and for those that want to get in on uh, online training who've been asking me for years and years and years uh, if you haven't already went and put your email address in, you're going to want to do that because the newsletters have started going out as of today. And what's happening is you will be notified all the beta testers and people that want to, and I shouldn't say beta testers, but they're going to get the early uh, adoption of the app that's going to be coming out. The new FSD7 app is going to be available very soon. So if you're interested in that, go to honeyrambod.com. And what we're going to do is you sign up for it and they'll let you know about all the different uh, packages that's available. And um, I'm not going to be doing to try to do every single thing right off the bat. It's going to be starting and progressing with my FST7 app and people that want contest prep and all that, they can put their names down to be on a list. And just so you know, too, just the way I break things down, because I get this question all the time, too, is that how do I pick and choose who I'm going to work with? I work with people for long-term off seasons before I do any prep down the road. So those are the people that I really want to get to know their bodies and then be able to possibly do a prep to make sure that it's going to be the right fit because prepping for me is like, um, is holy. 
I mean, it's really, really, you know, a, a very, very intensive process. And a lot of people, I try to talk out of it too. Um, and so at the end of the day, uh, this, this app is going to give you information on training. It's going to have uh, training programs in their FSC seven training programs, um, diet information and everything else that you could use to be able to transform your body. But, um, definitely you want to go check it out, honeyrambon.com for the new FSC seven app and get on the wait list on that because it's going to be coming out very, very soon. Awesome. Next question here from Simon Benjamin. What's your go-to in drying your athletes out for a show? Okay. Um, I think that's our last question. So I'm going to really make it stick. Um, what I like to do is I like to make sure number one, they're lean enough. That's the most important thing because the leaner you are, the drier you get. Then what I tend to do is I, I use natural diuretics, right? I like to use stuff. That's why I designed super dry because I like to get to know their bodies at two or three weeks out and start running that to see how much water that takes out at, at, within striking distance, but without screwing up the final days of the prep. Cause you don't want to turn around and experiment the last couple of days and then not mm-hmm. know what, if it was too strong or if it didn't, it wasn't, it was too weak. So what I do is normally a couple of weeks out, I do a dry run and I do a dry run with super dry. And then I, I start off with once a day and then go up sometimes to twice a day. And then I'll, I'll experiment depending on their body weight and how much water they're holding. And then I also go through depending on how much sodium they're doing. And then I'll do uh, different types of level changes to their sodium and depending on their fullness and, um, and how much water they're holding. So I don't, everyone goes, do you cut sodium out completely? No, I normally don't, but have I done that in the past? I have because no two preps are alike, but what I do is I tend to experiment with their body several weeks out so that I get the gist of how they're going to respond. So therefore I know what I'm going to do the final three to five days. But, but normally it starts with taking off a layer a couple of weeks out with super dry and then seeing how their body responds and then being able to create and devise a game plan as we get closer. And again, just it's, it's, it's not this super clear cut thing for each person because it could be, you know, somebody I'm working with for years and each year it'll change depending on what their body is doing and their, their, their actual chemistry, because if their body is just really, really dry, I might not do much or anything if it's doing, if it's working out really, really well. How much does age play a factor into that? Did you know, I'm assuming that all seven Olympia titles was not the same, right? They were all different for Phil. Every single one was different, bro. Every single one was different. So, and then, and then you talk, then you talk about like, you know, times were like 2011, everything was going really, really well with, um, with Phil and obviously Jay had torn his bicep two weeks out at a photo shoot. And it was kind of, you know, and I look at Phil and normally, you know, we, we, we were discussing things. He's like, am I good? I'd look at him. He's goes, yeah, okay, go, 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 go check on Phil on Jay and make sure he's good. Cause he knew like I had to do, we had to do extra work with Jay because he tore his bicep and he was holding water all through his body because of the, the trauma of it. And we had to just make sure to get him dialed in. So, you know, you're always trying when you have athletes at that level, you always want to try to bring them at hundred percent and let the judges work out the rest. Right. The key is yep. to try to, you know, when, when my guys are in the top two, I just walk away. I don't even watch the rest of it. I'm just like, I already, you know, I won. I'm done. It's just in whatever order, you know, yep. let them battle it out, <laughs> you know? All right. As always, 
busiest man in the industry. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's, that's what I feel like right now. Yeah. So a couple of weeks out, um, we are going to be doing a really good podcast on the Arnold Classic as well. Yes, um, yes. If we just depending on when this one will come out, um, either before or right after that. But guys, again, thank you so much for all the support, uh, for sharing and subscribing. And make sure you let us know in the comments below. Again, if you like the format, let us know if there's something that you'd like to see different. And also make sure you let us know if you have any questions for the next round of Q and A's. So again, I'm Hanya Rambod, my co-host Dave, and that's the truth. <laughs>